All right. Welcome to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I am Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. And it has been a while. I mean, I know we did kind of that little preview update episode a couple weeks ago, but we are officially kicking off 2020 for the Blue Bros episodes. And we're a little bit behind, so go figure. This week, I get to screw things up and had to postpone recording, and so we're barely going to be getting this out in time for the first weekend of games. <laughs> go me. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, well, it's 2020, so I guess you can't expect anything less. So, <laughs> <clears throat> um, But yeah, so before we get into um, the episode and everything, just a couple things to mention. For uh, those of you who don't know, um, this is the first year we decided to take the off season off. Um, so it's this one, it, this couple weeks is probably going to be weird at the beginning because one, you know, COVID and two, just kind of like restarting these episodes and everything. It's going to be trying to get back into the groove because it's been weird uh, being off, but it's going to be fun to be back. Uh, and then the other thing to mention too, is even though we have been off for blue bros, we have had our other podcast rock video rental. If you have not heard about that. So if you're interested in, uh, hanging us out with us more, uh, around the year rock video rental is our year round podcast now. So we do have our red bubble still up, which actually features shirts that Brandon and I design. Um, some of them just, fun entertainment ones and others specific to blue bros or rock video rental. So, but yeah, uh, to get that out of the way and then jump right into things. So we find ourselves here. We decided to wait until Michigan football kicked off to start the podcast. So we actually find ourselves, you know, several weeks into the lions, uh, schedule as they are sitting at, two and three and their upcoming game is going to be against Atlanta. And I guess we'll start off with kind of a brief discussion about where the lines are now, how they got here and what our thoughts are so far after, you know, well, six weeks of football, but five games for the lions. So Brandon, since you are our, Lions expert and the Lions biggest fan. <laughs> How about you start this discussion? Oh gosh. Well, I could start off by saying they suck. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of who we thought they were going to be. Um, I really don't think the whole Matt Patricia thing is going to work out. And I would be surprised if he kept his job at the end of the season. Do you think yeah, he's going to make it to the end? Of, or are you saying uh, you'd be surprised if he makes it to the end of the season or if he keeps his job? No, I think he'll make it to the end of the season. Okay. Just, I just think that Mrs. Ford will keep him around until the end of the season. Um, you know, I guess her daughter is now technically running the team, but I would be surprised, you know, if they canned him halfway through the season. Uh, I'd probably do it. And I'd, Tell him to take Bob Quinn with him. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I guess we could start with week one. Played against the Bears, and they blew a big lead and lost that game 27-23. to 
with the Bears, aren't they tie? Are they sole and first for the NFC North now, or are they tied? The the Bears are in first because uh, the Packers are four and one. The Bears have played one more game than the Packers, oh, so yeah, they're five and one. Um, yeah, that was a game that the Lions should have won. I mean, they came out really strong in the first half, and the second half crumbled and fell apart like they always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense made Mitchell Trubisky look good, which is pretty difficult. <laughs> he was terrible in that game. Like, he couldn't hit the broad side of the barn, but the Lions made him look good. Yep. Uh, the second game, they ran into the Packers and got completely annihilated 42 to 21 and uh man in that game aaron jones was just like running all over the lions uh Mm. he had 168 yards and two touchdowns and he had 68 yards receiving (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that was pretty awful uh and then the next week they came out they had to play in arizona because arizona for some reason is afraid to come to detroit Seems like we play the Cardinals every single year, and it's always in Arizona. That's a good thing to point out. I never really thought of that. That was one of those amazing 4 o'clock games that I hate. And the Lions actually won that one, which is a little surprising because the Cardinals really aren't that bad. Mm -hmm. At the time, they were, um, well, after that game, they were 2-1. and Uh, Yeah, the Lions looked halfway decent in that one. Uh, and then the next week after that, they played the Saints. Uh, that was a home game for the Lions. Uh, they barely lost that one. Kind of an up-and-down performance in that. Uh, again, the defense looked very poor. Yeah, uh, just... And the Saints have been weird this year, too. Yeah, the Saints have been a little strange. Like They're a little up-and-down. I mean, their best player, uh, Michael Thomas, he's been out the whole season. Uh, I think he finally comes back this week. If they're not on by, I, I don't. Know, I really don't follow the Saints that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they got another win last week after the bye week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Lions' defense looked a lot better. Uh, rookie DeAndre Swift, he ran really good for the Lions last week. Um. He had over 100 yards rushing, so that was pretty impressive. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville, they look terrible. (laughs) Their (laughs) offense could do nothing. The Lions won 34-16. I'm not sure if it was as much the Lions' defense as it was the Jaguars' ineptitude and offense. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I wanted to say is, like, I really felt like, you know how we – uh, well, even you were saying that the Lions made Trubisky look good. Yeah. I feel like for once in like a decade, there was the other team making the Lions look good. I don't think it was really the Lions being that good. <laughs> yeah, I would kind of agree with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, DeAndre Swift, he looked really good. Uh, Kenny Galladay, he missed a couple games. He's been pretty solid the the last three He's usually good for a touchdown and you know a handful of yards. Uh, by far, a completely different offense when he's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, without him, they kind of struggled uh, with Galladay in there. You know, even 
not even just his production, but the attention that defensive defenses have to pay to him kind of frees up other guys. Uh, one guy I'll say has been just like a ghost is Marvin Jones. Like, is the dude even there? He's done yeah. pretty, much, pretty much nothing this season. I think, mm-hmm. honestly, I think it's probably about time to shop him around and see what they can get for him. I think he's only got like one or two years left in his contract. So, kind of dwindling down there, it's, they should probably just sell that one off. He hasn't, hasn't really done all that much. And, I mean, I think Quintez Cephas has played better than him, and he's a rookie. Mm. So, might be worth just doing that. So, you know, I guess that brings us to this week. And they're heading out to Atlanta to play the Falcons. Uh, Falcons, are, they're a little similar to the Lions. I mean, they're 1-5. and five. Uh, Haven't really done much. They got their first win last week against the Vikings. Uh, they won 40-23. to 23. Uh, All their other games... Like their defense is pretty bad. They've given up lots of points. They gave up 38 to Seattle week one, 40 to the Cowboys week two, 30 to the Bears week three, 30 to the Packers, 23 to the Panthers, and then 23 again to the Vikings. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're pretty disappointed with that because I know that they were trying to get, they put a lot of money in the defense, mm-hmm. a lot of dra- high draft picks. The like guys are maybe just not paying it out. Um, yeah, I guess really the things to look at for the Falcons, you know, is that offense, you know, they still got Matt Ryan. He's still a pretty decent quarterback. Uh, they got two of the best wide receivers in the league with, uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley Jones. He is kind of hit and miss sometimes, but last week he really blew up, um, and also running the ball, they have Todd Gurley now, uh, formerly of the Rams. So definitely some things to look out there. I, the Lions, it'll probably be a high-scoring game because the Lions can put up some points. Mm-hmm. But both of these defenses are pretty terrible. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up. The Lions really don't have anything to counteract Jones and Ridley, though. I mean... Um, you know, Jeff Okuda, he's shown some flashes. The rookie, um, uh, Amani Oruwariye, he's he's played pretty good this year, but he's still a little raw, hasn't played all that much. And I, I think probably best in coverage so far this year has been Tracy Walker. I've been kind of impressed with him and his growth uh, playing out of the safety position. He plays a lot of different spots. He's a... He's got decent size and some good speed, and he, he's got really long arms, so that helps a lot in coverage. Uh, he's been out there making some good plays for the Lions lately. Nice. Yeah. Other than that, um, I don't know. Not really, not really much else to say about the Lions. I mean, it comes down to it. They get kind of dull, and it's kind of the same crap every year. Yeah, it's a great way to ruin your Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I definitely uh, agree with you on there's a really good chance that this is going to be a high-scoring game. And it's, honestly, I could see Atlanta easily, you know, 
having some big plays and um, putting up points. And Detroit's going to have that opportunity too. I mean, from what we've seen from the defenses and everything, but just the way that Detroit is. And then also, I don't know if they have quite as um, explosive players on offense as Atlanta does, even though they're inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think they're going to have to kind of grind for it a little bit more than Atlanta will. So, but with how up and down Atlanta is going to be, I imagine that they'll have like an amazing drive and then they'll crash and burn and then they'll be like back and forth the whole entire game. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. But we could wait again for another opportunity for the Lions to get a uh, double digit lead and lose again. <laughs> Who knows? It could happen. Come out strong in the first half and do nothing in the second half. Yeah. So, yeah, I. I mean, at this point, from what we've seen this year, no one can really expect a lot. You know, there's yeah. there's not a lot to be excited about. So, no. <laughs> and that sucks. And that's part of the reason why we decided to wait until now to talk about it. <laughs> because we're hoping that there will be exciting and enjoyable things to talk about with Michigan football. Yeah, we can only hope. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, we'll be doing uh, at the end of each episode. We do our predictions for the games and everything. So we'll we'll talk more about that when we get uh, towards the end. But did you have anything more? I guess kind of breakdown information wise uh, before maybe we jump into some things for Michigan. Nah, let's just get right into Michigan. Okay, sounds good. So uh, Michigan. Football is going to be finally back. Uh, Big Ten is actually already kicked off. Uh, I think it's probably done. Um, oh, not not quite. Um, Illinois and Wisconsin uh, kicked off tonight. Uh, there's like a minute left in the game, and Wisconsin is absolutely steamrolling Illinois. Um, and then the rest of the games are tomorrow. Michigan starts things off for their season on the road with game college game day against a ranked opponent. So it's 18 Michigan playing against 21 Minnesota. Now, before we jump into everything and to make sure that I don't forget this, because uh, previous years I was pretty bad about kind of uh, forgetting about these things and having to throw them in at the end. We do have a voicemail this week. Mm-hmm. So we will play that voicemail. We'll, we'll discuss the voicemail, and then we will go into the rest about Michigan. So here we go. Let's uh, let's hear from our voicemail. This is Jim P of the Jim P nineteen. Uh, I know the phone number says Kentucky. I never changed it, but I have been in the Phoenix area for a year now. But a lot of Michigan fans here. They even have like two two sports bars dedicated. But anyways, wanted to talk about the Minnesota game coming up. It appears that P.J. Fleck has said he has a number of players that have tested positive for COVID this week, but he's not required to – he didn't say but he's not required to say who they are and how many. So who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, I really hope that Milton has a good game this week if they play. Because if he doesn't, all the people who are proclaiming him to be the next god of football, and yes, there, there's a lot that are really expecting a lot from him right off the bat, even though he's 
played the equivalent of what a quarter or two. And I, I'm behind you, man. It's it's probably honestly it's probably the best quarterback that Harbaugh's started the season off with. And but um, I just hope I hope they can win this game. Uh, Reggie Bush says Michigan probably lose four games. Reggie Bush is a jerk. Why you know I don't know why he's so down, but uh, here's the best joke of all. It's not even Michigan related. Paul Feinbaum says he doesn't understand why Tennessee's not very good. <laughs> okay, where do we start? But anyways, guys, thought I would uh, start calling back in and uh, hope to hear your podcast when you release the next one. And as always, go blue and go to hell, Buckeyes. Have a good day, guys. <laughs> that was awesome. Thanks, Jim. Always yeah, he got it. me with the Reggie Bush as a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> what I always think about with Reggie Bush, other than like the amazing stuff he did at USC, uh, was a couple seasons he was on the Lions, and it seemed like he'd run up the line, do a jump cut, slip and fall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he he had his good moments, but yeah, that was all the players always seem to have an interesting, uh, you know, tenure when they play for the Lions. So, oh yeah, but yeah, thanks again, Jim, for the voicemail. Always appreciate your calls, and um, congratulations on being our first voicemail of 2020. So, well, yeah, we may have had some at the very end, but of the 2020 podcast season, let's say so. Yeah, no, uh, very exciting. Uh, hope you're enjoying Phoenix. Uh, Arizona's nice and actually sounds like amazing right now, considering that things are getting cold. Um, snow will be here before you know it. Anyways, but uh, yeah, I to discuss a few things briefly that were specifically mentioned in the voicemail, I did uh, hear and know of how Minnesota commented that they have uh, even as Jim was saying, a number, air quotes, a number of players um, who are going to be out due to COVID. And basically, nobody knows what that means. I mean, that could be two, that could be 10. Uh, there was no information given. So you don't know if it's going to be a lot of players and you don't know if it's going to be key players. So uh, who knows really at this point? Uh, I kind of feel like if maybe it was a key player that maybe some information would have got uh, gotten out, especially kind of like their quarterback and everything. But we're just going to have to wait and find out tomorrow. So yeah. um, in the same information, though, and this is, I think, a couple days ago. So I don't uh, I think I'm up to date on most of it. But Michigan has said that they have zero players that have to sit out. Uh, because of the COVID, so there is good news on that front. Um, this is going to be really tricky to talk about. For, first of all, as I kind of mentioned before, this whole year is going to be tricky because of COVID, and so there's going to be different times where players are going to have to be sitting out for two weeks, um, and then, you know, just the weird schedule, fans not being at the games, still trying to learn and understand how people are going to do, especially in the first couple weeks. So this first one, no information provided, no nothing. Um, yeah, we're just going to be shooting in the dark here. So, But uh, a lot of people are kind of high on Minnesota. I mean, rightfully so, because they had a really good uh, 
season last year. Mm -hmm. They do, unless they are, um, it's some of the players who are missing. Uh, They do have their star quarterback, Tanner Morgan. And then um, I think the top receiver, or he was at least one. Yeah. Uh, consider the top receiver, at least he's one of the top receivers in the conference, Rashad Bateman. Um, and so they've got some good experience coming back where on the opposite side for Michigan, they don't so much. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of red flags there because I mean, you're going to have a new starting quarterback offensive line is going to have new people with it. Um, the backfield, yeah, the receiver core is going to be young and then the secondary for Michigan. So there's a lot of new things for Michigan in a scenario that you don't want to have a lot of, you know, uh, greenhorns playing in because it's going to be, as we said, a night game, which Michigan has had weird experiences with, mm-hmm. a road game. And then it's also college game day. And it's, on top of all that, a ranked opponent on the road. And let me see if I have it. thought I had it written down somewhere. But things are not, the numbers are not very good um, for Michigan in those situations. I think it's actually... Uh, I'll see if I can find it, but the, yeah, Michigan is one in seven against ranked teams on the road since Harbaugh has been there. And then that one win came against, uh, Michigan state during a not so great year for them. I can't remember where I didn't have the information on what the record is for game day. I don't know if they've won a game when game day is hosted. Yeah, I don't know. But then also on top of that, uh, though, the thing on the positive side is that Michigan is 2-0 and against Minnesota with Harbaugh. So a lot of not-so-good things, some maybe okay things. But honestly, on top of all that, we're talking about the weirdest season of college football ever. So that could work in Michigan's advantage. That could work to be a disadvantage. Um, because they're both coming in fresh, and it's not like anybody's had an uh any game experience this year, right? But with Minnesota having more experienced players and everything, uh, it definitely is worrisome because right now Michigan is only favored by three points, and you know it's. Basically anybody's game. Honestly, looking at it, I'm uh, kind of going back to what Jim said and everything. And I think anyone and everyone is excited for Milton. But uh, Jim was absolutely right where some people are just ridiculous with their expectations <laughs> of Milton. Um, it, it, does he have a, a high ceiling? Absolutely. Like so many things are pointing to him having a ton of potential. But to say that it's all going to come together or work perfectly or that he's just going to be like a Heisman contender right out of the gate is a little bit ridiculous. But honestly, with his ability 
uh, being dual threat, as long as he is, I don't want to say for him to be a game manager, but just for him to be smart and not get shook in this game Mm -hmm. and become turnover prone, I think that would do really well for Michigan. And even with the, you know, younger and inexperienced offensive line, I think they might be okay. I actually, I know there's the concern with Michigan's secondary, but with Michigan's defense and how well they perform against everyone, as long as they're not called Ohio state, um, or if it's a bowl game, they, they do well in being able to pressure the quarterback. And so I believe that that's still going to hold true for this game. It might not be their best performance, but I still think that they're going to do that, which is obviously going to help relieve their secondary a little bit if they can put pressure on the quarterback to get rid of the ball fast. So all things to me are pointing to not get worried that something's going to go crazy and Minnesota's going to blow this open. Uh, there, But all those concerns do pose the threat that Minnesota could hang around and still uh, hand Michigan a loss mm-hmm. in this game. So, I mean, honestly, it's going to be tough to tell. Running back looks really good for uh, – the running back position looks really good for Michigan. But then again, I mean, how successful is that going to be uh, hinges on the offensive line? I mean, I feel – this is a constant conversation every year for Michigan is offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Um, everything else, I mean, fluctuates a little bit, but a glaring issue, it seems, year after year is offensive line. So I kind of feel, uh, I would put that as the determining factor for Michigan. If the offensive line can do their job, then I think that Michigan will be able to return home from Minnesota with the win. Uh, did you uh, have any thoughts or input in the general discussion at this time, Brandon? Um, I kind of agree with you that, you know, the inexperience on the offensive line is going to be something that I feel is probably going to be an issue, at least in the early games. But, you know, with the shortened season where pretty much every single game is super important now, since they're all conference games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this could be a really tough season for Michigan. That kind of scares me a little bit. You know, I think this first game is going to be a tough one. Uh, Michigan State always plays this tough, so Michigan State's not nearly as good as Minnesota, but still, it just... And, you know, we don't know, like you said, we don't know which players are the ones on Minnesota that have going to be sitting out because of covid yeah so it's kind of everything's kind of thrown up in the air um you know and i guess you know like jim said that you know Fleck he doesn't have to say he doesn't have to say who's the ones that are going to be sitting out mm-hmm. and it kind of you know harkens back to you know like harbaugh does with his depth chart he doesn't release his depth chart yeah to let the other team prepare and so i should Fleck let anybody know who's sitting out until like game time oh yeah i mean like it's one of those things where if from my understanding there's not 
clear rules on how they're supposed to handle it or inform people. So, right. And I think, you know, another big question mark is going to be the defense. Um, you know, you mentioned the secondary, how they're, you know, they're a little thin there. There's a lot of question marks. Uh, they got a lot of returning guys, but they also have a lot of young guys. Um, lots of inexperience there. So, that's definitely the big question mark on defense. I think we're pretty solid on the defensive line and, you know, the linebacker core um, is fairly solid as well. But, you know, it comes down to Don, Don Brown, like, dude, prove me wrong because I've lost all faith in you after the last two years against Ohio state in the last two bowl games. Yeah. Well, like that's, that's the thing though with, the defense is that it works great against like 90% of the teams. Yeah. But then when it matters, it just, it's garbage. Yeah. And so I don't think Minnesota is that caliber of a team. Like we've seen it crumble against Wisconsin, against Ohio state, and then in bowl games against like sec teams, Florida state and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so since this is an Ohio state or Wisconsin, uh, you, you, we've also seen it fall flat against like Penn state Outside of that, this de- the defense normally holds up well. So um, I know that Minnesota is good. They do have the possibility of overcoming the defense, but I think in the end, Don Brown's system will will work in, in this scenario. Yeah, and me saying that was pretty much just like, prove me wrong this year. Okay, I didn't <laughs> you know, know if you Same thing game. happens again. If he... If his defense can't do anything against the teams of speed and the better teams, you know, like you mentioned with the Penn State's, the Ohio State's, the the bowl games, um, then I think it's time to make a change. Mm-hmm. Or like at least, like, dude, change your your scheme a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Mix in some zone and some man coverage. Yeah, no, he um, like uh, he said he said some stuff, you know, after the bowl game about, you know, the shortcomings and everything and his responsibility. So, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see that that is he a lot of credit for some of the things that he's done. But at the same time, some of the reasons why um, Michigan has come short is because of the defense now granted of course plenty can be said about the offense too um but yeah i mean when you lose as badly as you do to ohio state for how many years and they put up so many points only so much can be said about the offense at the same time you have to talk about the defense being able to do their job too yeah so exactly and with milton i'm not I'm not sure. I haven't seen enough of them to really make a decision either way. And it seems like every single year we're getting excited about who the quarterback is or how he's going to take a step up from last year. And, you know, (laughs) we said this a lot, like kind of when I first came on the show, and that's show me, don't tell me. Yeah, It's time to just start seeing results and stop, like, stop talking. And it, even like the Michigan M Live page on Facebook posted something about um, Milton looking great in practice. And I'm like, yeah, you say that every single year about every quarterback. Yeah, of course. Owen Spate looking great in practice. Shea Patterson, <sighs> his mechanics are looking so much better this year. I'm like, yeah, and then you saw what we got. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Out, so outside of, um, I think, uh, wow, um, totally blanking. Uh, Rudock. Jake Rudock. Yeah, yeah. Ru- uh, Rudock. I think was definitely the right call and everything. I was high on Patterson. Um, but then the other ones, uh, like, so outside of Rudock starting and, uh, you know, I mean, it seems like questionable decisions at the, or not the greatest starting performances for quarterbacks and everything. This time I, I feel comfortable. I feel like Milton, especially now that McCaffrey's transferring mm-hmm. is definitely the right call but also i'm not jumping in there and being like oh my gosh this is gonna be the greatest thing college football sees this year yeah so but as far as like the right decision the best option i i i haven't seen anyone argue against it with what they have right now of course there was the uh the mccaffrey milton discussion before mccaffrey left but we we are where we are now and best of luck to him. Uh, I was uh, honestly, I was, I was really wanted to see him play more for Michigan because um, I liked him. But yeah, same here. And it's just, um, you know, his brothers, you know, especially Christian being so good, and his dad was a really good player. I was really kind of anxious to see how he was going to do, and I was a little disappointed when I heard he was transferring. Yeah, yeah. But everybody's got their own decisions and. Wish him the best. So we'll see how things turn out for him and we'll see what Milton does starting with tomorrow night. So, um, anything else then for you? No. Okay. Well then that brings us into, um, the closing section of the episode, because, uh, this is where we throw all our predictions and everything at you, uh, before we sign off. And so we will start, let's start with the line since that's what we started the, uh, podcast with we have the lions at the falcons this week and the lions are the underdogs by two and a half points and the over under is 55 and a half brandon you are the expert and you have to get this right (laughs) what's your prediction i have to get it right (laughs) Um, i think the falcons are gonna win and I think it's going to be 31 to 17. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think. I don't think there's any way that the Lions secondary can hang with the receiving core that Falcons have. Um, you know, and I think Todd Gurley might get back on track running against that terrible Lions defense. Uh, at the same time, you know, I think, you know, Stafford's never going to really get shut out for touchdowns, so I think he'll throw at least one probably to either Galladay or Hawkinson and then I don't know maybe old man Peterson will run one in (laughs) nice well I am uh, I kind of feel like this might be one of the biggest differences that we've had in predictions Um, because I'm actually going with the whole like neither of these teams know how to play defense so there's going to be a lot of points (laughs) (laughs) so I have the Lions actually winning what? because it's going to be so much garbage <laughs> and the final score as 42 to 34 okay I can see that happening too 
Yeah, it's just like I, I it's like the perfect storm of garbage where it's just like no defense football. So Yeah, I guess I'm just expecting the typical Lions settling for field goals and uh getting turnovers that don't account to getting points. <laughs> oh yeah. No, well that's the thing. Like I completely see that happening too. But uh but yeah, it, that's just where we are. We're again inconsistencies, and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, all right, then that brings us to Michigan, and as stated before, this is going to be college game day. The game is at seven thirty at night. Uh, road game for the Wolverines, number 18, facing off against 21, Minnesota. Michigan is favored, but just by three points, and the over-under is 54. Uh, I will start things off, and I think it's going to be close, and I'm actually going I'm going to give it to Michigan to win, but... I think it's going to be one of those really nerve-wracking situations where Michigan doesn't put themselves in a solid position to, you know, just play uh, preventative defense. Mm-hmm. Where they're actually, uh, I have it with them winning twenty-seven to twenty-one. So I'm kind of predicting that Minnesota is going to have the ball and they're going to try to drive down the field, and they have the opportunity to beat Michigan by just scoring a touchdown and kicking the extra point. But I think that Michigan will be able to hold out and go home with the win. Oh, it's funny you picked that score because mine was pretty close to that. Um, I don't know. I just have a bad feeling. I feel like there's too many players missing on the line, an inexperienced receiving core, a quarterback that's barely played, and a secondary with not as much experience. Uh, I guess it really depends on what guys are going to be sitting out for Minnesota, but I'm going to pick Minnesota to take this one. I hate to. I hate to pick Minnesota to take this in the little brown. I can't argue, you know. Yeah, and I think it's going to be 27-24 Minnesota. Okay. Pretty pretty close (laughs) with their scores there, but... Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a close game. I think both teams are pretty evenly matched. But I, I guess, you know, the fact that it's at Minnesota and not at the Big House, it just the weird year that it is, I think I have to give it to Minnesota. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I could have easily been right there, too. I mean, I'm just a little bit... A little bit on the optimistic side about what players are going to be out, but then also the weird, the weirdness of the situation where both teams are coming in and just, it's a weird year. So until players have more time to play and get better experience, I feel like that uh, the weirdness factor is going to go in Michigan's favor. So... But, I, I mean, it very easily could go in Minnesota's favor. So, we'll see. But, so, there we go. We've got our uh, score predictions there then. Uh, we also go ahead and do uh, game locks of the week. 
So we actually will be keeping tallies of this. Uh, need I remind everyone that last year we finished and I had the final score of 67 and Brandon had 61. So suck it. Um, <sighs> I know because you had to do such a terrible thing, which actually you never did do anything and we never figured out anything. And <laughs> so maybe maybe we'll actually get around to doing something this year. But um, so, yeah, so we'll be doing locks uh, for the week and we Brandon does an NFL. I do Big Ten. Brandon, what's your NFL lock for this week? Oh, my lock is going to be the Buffalo Bills covering that big 11 point spread against the Jets. Uh, The Bills are kind of coming off an off week and I don't know. The Jets are just horrendous like they're going to be probably taking trevor lawrence with the first pick in a draft uh their coach is horrible they pretty much have no one on offense or defense so i think the bills are gonna bounce back and they're gonna blow out the jets i could totally see that happening so uh for my big 10 uh this is actually kind of a weird tricky week uh, in my opinion, if we weren't doing this, uh, recording this on Friday night, I may have taken uh, the Wisconsin spread. But anyways, here we are. And so I was going to just default because it always seems that Ohio State seems to uh, cover the spread. But then I came across and found out that star player for Purdue Moore, is out for this game. And he is explosive for Purdue, and he is a huge reason why Purdue can be troublesome for other teams. So since he is out, and they've actually, from what I've seen, they're not saying exactly what it is, if it's COVID or if it's something else. Um, But he is out. So I will go ahead then to take Iowa covering uh, the negative three and a half at Purdue since Moore is out. Rock. So there we go. There's the locks for the week. And moving along to our final segment then before we sign off, we have our questions of the week. If you guys have been with us before, you'll notice that we've actually kind of trimmed things down. Uh, We used to have some other segments and things like that. Probably most popular was Did You Know? Uh, We decided to um, migrate that to our other podcast just to keep you guys up to date on what happened to that. So... But for our questions of the week, uh, we do one for both Michigan and the Lions. I'll start out with mine. And if everybody remembers from forever ago, Charbonnet had an excellent season last year for uh, the Wolverines as he had uh, 726 rushing yards as a freshman, uh, averaging 4.9 yards uh per rush and he had 11 touchdowns so my question then is will charbonnet be michigan's leading rusher against minnesota brandon i will let you answer first Hmm. i'm gonna say yes okay all right controversy because mm-hmm. i'm actually gonna say no <gasps> 
what? I, I just kind of feel like there's going to be enough uh, going on and, you know, some, something surprising is going to happen. Not saying that he's going to have a poor performance, but, like, maybe somebody else is just going to, you know. Michigan usually does that thing where they rotate the running backs, and there's a decent amount of running backs uh, that look like they're going to uh, do well this year. So I kind of feel like there might be an opportunity for somebody else to come in and just, you know, maybe have a couple more yards than him. Also, if Milton really does some of the dual threat work, he could have the opportunity to really put up some uh, big numbers if he burns the Minnesota defense. So taking a little bit of a risk going with the no, but then uh, Brandon, what's your lines question for this week? Oh, my Lions question for the week. I talked about Marvin Jones earlier. Um, the over-under, Marvin Jones with one touchdown, will he get zero or will he get more than one? I'm going to say he gets zero. <laughs> All right, so you're going over-under. Over, uh, one touchdown touchdown for Marvin Jones. Okay, so you want to do the over-under of one. So you're essentially yeah. asking people if he's going to get Two touchdowns or zero touchdowns? Or zero, yep. All right. And you I said think one is a possibility, but we're going over under, so there was a little wrench in the gears there. Oh, yeah, that is that is kind of tricky because this one could easily break even. Um, I Well, I'm predicting that it's going to be a high-scoring game, so I guess I will go ahead and say I'll go with the two. Rock. You know, uh, let's just throw more controversy in there. <laughs> 2020 is the year of controversy on the Blue Brother Sportscast. So there you go. All right. Well, uh, that really kind of wraps it up. That's how episodes are going to look. We're going to be talking. Uh, each episode is going to be us recapping the previous week's game. And then for the first half and the second half, we're going to be previewing the upcoming game. And then we do our predictions, locks, and questions at the end. Of course, if you do want to call in and uh, share your thoughts on the voicemail, you are always free to, as uh, Jim did. And that number that you will call into is 551-258-3276. Really easy to remember because it's 551-BLUE-BRO. And if you call and want to leave a voicemail, you need to do it by i think it's midnight wednesday uh you could you could maybe call on thursday but to be safe i'd call in by midnight wednesday so but yeah there we go first official episode of the 2020 season in the books so exciting to talk about lions football right oh yeah couldn't wait (laughs) (laughs) okay all right well we hope you guys have a good one hope you all uh enjoy the michigan game saturday night and try to enjoy the lions game on sunday (laughs) hashtag question mark burgundy (laughs) (laughs) all right well we uh, appreciate you guys tuning in and as always we'll finish off with go blue go blue